wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. It's uh, Happy Day of the Dead, Brad. Day of the Dead. That means it's November 1st, right? That's the day after. That's right. Yep. After Halloween. I don't know the significance of it, but uh, I'm not ready to dive into a history lesson either. So, nope. There you go. Muerta Day something. It's a Mexican it's holiday, like... right? Uh,. Or, yeah, I don't know, Mexican, Latin American, not sure. Not sure either. All I know is it's the day after Halloween, and I always remember what day it is because it's also my sister's birthday. So, happy birthday, Jen, even though I know she doesn't listen. No, it's a thought that counts. Yeah, exactly. I did text her earlier today, so maximum effort has been. Hallow's Eve. Maximum effort, no, Hallow's Eve would be before Halloween. So we're way off now. Anyway, Andrew, did you have a successful Halloween with a little one? We did. We got lots of candy. Beautiful thing. Just what kids need. Mm -hmm. Halloween is definitely a holiday supported by the Dental Association of America. So sure. No, big candy is into it. I did not eat much candy because I'm not allowed to eat much candy, but I did have a couple pieces. So. It was a, we'll call it a cheat night, I guess. Cheating a couple houses in our neighborhood had uh, full size bars, so I was surprised. I didn't know you were a rich neighbor, rich neighborhood like that. I didn't know either. House, house prices go up, rich people move in. Next thing you know, full size candy bars. Yeah, I guess so. S- sweet. Uh, I don't have an excuse to go trick or treating here, so I don't know what people did. I know my neighbor baked cookies, which I think is probably not okay, but also. I don't know. Kids seem excited about getting them. So I don't know. It's better than the old lady that give out bag of pennies. Uh, that's, I guess I'm just thinking about like rules and health code violations. I don't know. It's it's a generally a weird holiday. You're just going to people's houses and they're just giving you candy. Yeah, this is true. It's something that all year long you tell your kid not to do. Don't go to strangers' houses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. except this one night where it's totally cool. As long as they're as long as their front porch lights on. So I saw uh, somebody had a picture of a container with a bunch of Hot Wheels, too. And I was like, oh, that's what I should have done with all the ones that I don't need. Yeah, I've seen that uh, a couple of times. People put Hot Wheels cars out for the kids. So I thought about it, too, but I didn't have time to, like, get down and organize the ones that I want to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, the and then I sit out front and, like a kid would take it and I'd be like, oh, no, you can't have that one. Stay here. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that get in there? But 
it, it is what it is. I, I, I would like to do that at some point too, I think, because I have so many I don't need. And at a dollar a piece, it doesn't make sense to eBay them. Just give them away. Yeah, it really doesn't. So, I mean, I did go out and buy some last minute Halloween supplies at the Dollar Tree down the street. And of course, because I was doing that, I also purchased more Hot Wheels. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. They keep coming out with cool new ones. What can I say? I, I do have a, a story about that, actually, real fast. So oh, I was yeah? at the Dollar Tree, and I'm digging through. They have, like, the, the dump bin of new Hot Wheels cars. The and bin I, of death, as they the say? The bin of death, yeah. And I noticed that all the ones on top were new, like like new releases. And I was like, oh, this is a fresh bin. I want to dig through this a little bit. So I started <laughs> digging, and I found the Alpha GTV, which is brand new. Actually, has new wheels on it, too, which are cool. And the 73 Honda Civic. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I kept digging. And then all of a sudden, I hear a little voice come behind me and go, did you find anything cool? And I turn around, and there's like a seven-year-old boy, like an actual <laughs> child, like interacting with me as I'm digging through the bin of toys. And I immediately panicked. Now, I don't know why I panicked, but I was like, yeah, these are kind of neat. I don't know what to tell you to this strange boy who I probably shouldn't be talking to in the aisle of the store who's by himself. Um, and then he just kept talking about like treasure hunts and super treasure hunts. And he was all stoked oh, on finding the super treasure hunt of the uh, little K truck with the Ryu Asada uh, livery on it. What's the treasure hunt of that thing? So it's the super treasure. The, su- the current super treasure hunt is a, yeah. is the, the Ryu Asada K truck. Yeah. Now they have the regular version of it, which is just the red paint and regular wheels. And they have the super treasure hunt, which has the, metallic red paint and rubber tires that's the difference oh okay yep so anyway he was all stoked on trying to find it and uh he's explaining it to me and i was like okay good luck i gotta walk away because i'm an adult who's buying toys and this is now an awkward scenario so i I did manage to escape uh told him you know good luck and and have at it and i made sure he didn't want any of the ones that i had because if i had taken hot wheels cars from a child i'd feel really bad (laughs) <laughs> but he did, he did not, so we're good. But yeah, that was uh, that was an interaction that uh, I've not had before. I have had people come up to me and be like, "Oh, are you a collector, or are you buying these for a kid?" Which is always also an awkward conversation. What but does it matter? What does it matter exactly? I think get out of here. I think they are also collectors, and they're just curious, like if they can have a conversation with me about them, or if they know. Oh, that yeah. I've already okay. searched through them, and they're not going to find anything. Open new that door. I've already been there. Yeah, exactly. So the only time it bothers me is when it's the cashier being like, "Oh, these for a child." Shut up and put them in the bag, lady. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to be judged right oh, now, yeah. sure. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, now the, I'm like, I'm like, well, some are for my son, and some are for me. Yes, the the entire cart of Hot Wheels and mac and cheese and ice cream is for an adult human being, and please do not judge me. It's fine. So anyway, I uh, I was excited for my my new Hot Wheels pickups. Anyway, despite the yeah. interaction with a child, that was awkward. I get a lot at the grocery store. Listen, like I'm doing all the grocery shopping for the family. I get a little treat. Leave me alone. Sure, exactly how it is. Well, doing it's all my adult because... chores here. Get a little treat. Leave me alone. I had I had to run out because we had carved pumpkins for like the front yard for the like the the, the trick or treating like setup we have. And Naomi was like, "Oh, we don't have any glow sticks. You get some glow sticks to put in the pumpkins." I was like, "Oh, that's cool. We should have a Dollar Tree." 
be the so best you know, dude in Revere. She, uh, so she sends me a Dollar Tree, and she should know what's going to come home from Dollar Tree. They sell Hot Wheels cars. It's, it's more her fault than mine at that point. So, oh, sure. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I got my Hot Wheels cars. I also got the glow sticks, and life is good. So, Check, chop. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Halloween was yesterday. We had a lot of Halloween trick-or-treaters, and we did not have many people driving their cars around the neighborhood. So that was good, because that frustrates me. Um, you probably don't get that in your neighborhood. Like, too awkward. like driving house to house? Yes. Whoa, uh, what? Yeah. So That's weird. Part of me gets it, and part of me gets mad about it. I so don't I get was... it, because you have enough of a grid there. Yeah, but Your the blocks problem is aren't super there huge. are so many houses that don't have their lights on. Like, I was looking up and down my street, and there's probably, if I had to guess, what, 20 houses a side of each side of my block? And there were maybe six houses that were doing trick-or-treating. Is this like playing Paperboy and they all turn, like, black and red or whatever? when you? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I did feel bad because the neighbor across the street, unfortunately, passed away last week. Oh. And yeah, he's he was 88 or 89. He's an older guy. He had a good life, but he's a, a nice guy and he's going to be missed. But uh, his front porch light was on just because the neighbors have it on. Yeah. Just because his family leaves it on. So it seems like somebody's there. But I like felt bad and had to be like, you know, across the street, like, hey, nobody there. Don't bother. Because it's like, oh, I should go over there and like unscrew his light bulb. <laughs> so, anyway. That's the Halloween wrap up. I don't have any better stories than that. Uh, moving on to car stuff, Andrew. Um, have you done any project car stuff this week? I had my windshield replaced today that I talked about last week. Excellent. Nice and clear, fresh, nothing like a new windshield. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Like, it wasn't pitted because it wasn't that old, but it just had two giant cracks in it. So, right. Um, you know, I don't, it's not that much different. <laughs> Excellent. It's just nice uh, that it's uh, not broken. <laughs> I have three cars that need windshields. Um, I think we talked about it briefly last week. One of them is my fault for hitting it with the wiper arm. One of them I bought with a broken windshield, and one of them I blame on the tint company. But anyway, uh, I was trying to find a glass company that would do vintage cars. Uh, and I belong to a, a chat group here, like a Facebook group chat. That's just the Arizona vintage Toyota owners. So I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, they'll probably know where to get a windshield. Uh, and they recommended somebody who has done all of their cars in the past. So I messaged them on Instagram and there were I was replying with them just before we came on to record. So hopefully he'll be able to do the older car windshields because I had a windshield done in the 944 when I first got it. And yeah. the shop that did it bent the molding. And I don't like it. So I don't want them to do another windshield, especially because the moldings in the Corolla are pretty much unobtainium. So, yeah, I don't want them getting broken. So hopefully this guy can take care of me and I can get all three windshields replaced. Uh, I'd like to get the either the Corolla or the 944 done before next weekend because it is Radwood LA weekend on the 11th. And I want to make sure that one of those cars is a good windshield for that trip. So hopefully I can get something done. Anyway, uh, car stuff here. I did the ISC on the Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the battery um, was dead last time. 
Yep. So, yeah, battery's all good. Put a new battery in it. Unfortunately, it was out of warranty. Uh, I bought it four years ago, which is a pretty long time for a battery in the Arizona desert. Um, put a new battery in it. I did have to change one of the original ends, which made me upset. But the old battery had a crack and was leaking. I think I mentioned that. And it I don't know if it had something to do with the extra you know, fumes or actual battery acid coming out of the battery, but it had actually seized the the clamping mechanism and the and the bolt that goes through were just pretty much one piece of metal now. So there was no saving that. So I had to get a new battery cable end for it. So put a new end on it, uh, put the battery in. Everything's all good. Car fired right up. It didn't take much time to learn. I was nervous that it was going to take some time for the ECU to learn the new, you know, idle speed controller, but it didn't. And then I turned the AC on and the rev you know, range raised about 100 RPMs as it should. And as the AC cycled on and off, there was that a minor little fluctuation in the rev range, but it was no longer doing the hunting for rev that it used to do. So that's good. So fixed everything with that one part. Should have done it years ago. Because I guess, I don't know if I talked about it or not, there are three steps in that ISC. There's the, yeah, we did talk about this. Yeah, okay. So anyway, so it fixed it. It uh, idles beautiful now, even with the AC on. So cars, uh, cars pretty much good to go. Just needs a full detail and move on to its new owner. So, uh, oh, that's what I did. I uh, waxed up the all track because I hadn't done it in a while. Oh, okay, excellent. The um, yeah, the Meguiar's ceramic stuff works really great. For doing it at home excellent and they have a yeah they have it's and also it's when you have a car that the paint is not bad on at all it's much easier like i did it oh, in of like course two hours <laughs> especially with the handheld like five inch buffer oh i didn't have to do that at all because the car doesn't need it it's oh i use it for just just for applying wax the, no the i don't slow I, speed I, handheld five inch does makes it you do a whole car in like 30 minutes. It's great. No, I was, I was too worried because the, the ceramic steps that you definitely have to do in patches. Okay. Um, and it's got like a two, it's like a two part system. So they have like the base and then the final, um, and then the final, the way the final dries, it almost dries clear. Like you don't really see it. So you definitely have to do it in little sections. So, you know, you get it all off. Yep. And then the last, one of the last times I picked up, they have stuff that goes on the black trim. It makes it look nice again. So it's like the entire thing is ceramic coated. It's cool. That's cool. I'll have to look into that stuff too. I don't know. Is it the same kind of length as the regular ceramic coated? The stuff you buy from a ceramic coating place? Like, does it last? I have long? no idea. It, this is hybrid ceramic wax from Meguiar's. It's, so it's probably slightly different. I'm sure it's not as tough as the expensive stuff, but for a home application. Yeah works good for me it's it, it looks nice it lasts a while like well i have a full I professional kit here to try so i'm just i don't have a car to try yeah. it on so i think i'll switch everything to it because it does work really well and it looks really shiny like i i had used the butter wax on the g20 and i wasn't happy with the results after it had been sitting outside like it didn't last very long Will it shine no 
Uh, so I redid it with the ceramic, and it looks really, really good, even after being rained on multiple times. Hmm. Maybe I'll give it a so, go when I redo the 944. Yeah. It needs to be redone again because it has... It's been a year since I, you know, quote unquote, restored it. Yeah. And it's kind of faded back again. So now the talon that sits in the garage has butter wax and it's fine because it just, it doesn't really see the rain in the sun. Yeah. I have butter wax in the crest that has been probably six months and it looks fine. It looks great, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. I'll have to give, I'll give it a go then. I'll give it a go. So. Yeah, but that's my entire project car update status. I haven't done anything else. I did. I moved some cars around, but that's not hardly a project. So, yeah, I got uh, I got some maintenance coming up on Stephanie's car. I got to change the oil. I change the plugs. The car has almost sixty thousand miles on it, which is kind of crazy. That's crazy. We got is it in eighteen. It's an eighteen, but we she bought it in October of seventeen. Okay, so five years old. That's that makes sense. That's twelve thousand miles a year, right? Yeah, that's the national national average. So yeah, I ordered the stuff to do because I'm coming up on three thousand miles on the motorcycle. I ordered stuff to do an oil change on that, and also three thousand miles is a valve adjustment on that as well. So yeah, that'll be well. Hopefully next, maybe not next week, probably the week after. I'll have to take care of that. So well, if that's all you get for project updates. Uh... Didn't you drive that motorcycle somewhere or ride it? I did. I took my first trip on the dirt. I was uh, pretty stoked. Um, I did not anticipate a dirt ride that day. I just... Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my whole plan that day was I was just going to get in the bike. And it was a beautiful morning. I think Naomi was out on her bicycle. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for a motorcycle ride. I'll just take a ride to 4 till 4, whatever was going on there. I think it would have been probably... Um, adventure machines. And I was like, let's go check out what's going on down there. And uh, there you go. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an adventure machine, right? And I'll grab yeah. a coffee and kind of wander around and ride home. It's a good. Winds up being about a forty-five mile round trip if I stay off the interstates. So I left, and then for some reason, I decided to take a, a left onto Cave Creek Road instead of going all the way down towards Scottsdale. Um, Cave Creek Road kind of connects Phoenix to North Scottsdale here. And I'd taken it before well past the town of Cape Creek. And actually, if you remember probably two years ago, I took a bunch of pictures of my blue Colt on like a hilly, like you can see the curves in the background and the like parked in the dirt on the side of the road. And I was like, there's definitely some curves up there, like a nice, like windy, like almost mountainous kind of pass. That'd be fun to like take the motorcycle up to because I haven't taken on any roads like that because I've only taken it inside the grid of Phoenix. Um, so I was pretty stoked. I was out there riding those like windy roads. Um, actually, they're tight enough turns that I scraped the foot peg a few times. So um, the bike doesn't have a ton of lean angle, obviously being an on off road bike, but still it was, it was a neat feeling to get that kind of angle out of that bike. Um, Last time it had been up there, there had been a big fire and a big portion of the road was closed. So I didn't know what the northern part of the road even was like because I'd never been there before. So I kept riding and then I got to a point where it said pavement ends. I said, oh, that's interesting. Um, All right, I'll, I'll keep going a little bit until it gets to a point where I can't 
really handle it anymore just because I'm not trying to get myself stuck out here. I didn't bring a ton of gear. Um, I was just wearing my normal, you know, riding boots and jeans. Uh, I had some water, so I was at least prepared for a problem, but um, didn't have anybody else with me. Didn't have tools or spare tire parts or anything like that. So I was like, I'll just go out until it gets too gnarly. So I went and I wound up riding about 20 miles down this dirt road. Um, I wouldn't say you needed a four by four to get through most of it. Uh, there was one part where there's a water crossing that had water flowing it was, you know, probably six inches deep. It wasn't like it was a, you know, multiple feet of water, but I went through that and then went through some camping areas that are out there. Uh, I just kind of did some more exploring. I think it's called seven Springs. It's in the Tonto national forest. Um, you definitely need ground clearance. You couldn't do it. Like you couldn't do it in the G20, but you could probably do it in the all track. You know, it's not, super gnarly but it's not smooth either and excuse me that is a all-terrain vehicle thank you yes that's what i'm telling track. you um, that's what i'm saying you could go out there in this I, I am i'm not telling you you couldn't i'm telling you you could so calm yourself all track could make it where this it is a soft rotor yes um which is what the motorcycle is really too honestly so i kept going and i got to a point where it got really rocky um and then there was a sign that said uh, primitive road, you know, four by four and high clearance required. So I went a little further and a little further, and a little further, and then just got, it got rockier and rockier. And I was like, you know what? I think I've pushed my luck enough today out by myself in the middle of nowhere where there's no cell phone service. I don't have any tools. Um, this is good. I'm gonna stop here. I'm gonna take some pictures, show that I did it. And I'm going to turn around and go home. So I did. It wound up being a little over 20 miles in on the dirt. So 20 miles back out. So probably 45 miles or so on all dirt road. And then another probably, I probably did a hundred miles round trip um, out for a few hours, you know, going in the dirt, it's pretty slow going. They weren't a ton of other vehicles out there. I did run into uh, sheriff was out there in a suburban and there was at one point when I pulled over just to like stretch my legs and take a drink of water, a uh, forerunner went by a fairly new one with the whole family in it, just out enjoying the trails. And they stopped to make sure I was okay. And I was like, yeah, just stopping for a water break. So um, <laughs> it was neat. Um, that's why I bought the bike, right? To take it out in some, some paths and explore. And, you know, it's funny because I rode onto the dirt and I went into the first turn and it was a little bit, you know, siltier sand. And I felt the bike kind of like wash out a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's how this is. But then by the end of the trip, like even going through that same turn, coming back the opposite direction, I was way more confident. Like it's just, I was thinking of things that I'd learned from watching videos of people and, you know, just to like barely hold on to the handlebars, no, no death grip at all. Make sure you let the front wheel do what it wants to do because you get into trouble when you start trying to point the front wheel somewhere. So if the wheel wants to like move left or move right, you just let it because it's, you know, ultimately just like with a bicycle in order to move in order to stay upright, you have to keep moving forward. Right. So as long as you kind of let the bike do what it wants to do and only make corrections to keep yourself on the road, you're probably going to be okay. So that's kind of what I did, you know, make corrections to stay on the road and avoid jagged rocks or big rocks. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a different set of muscles you use when you're standing on the pegs versus sitting on the seat. Um, but, it makes it much smoother being off road, standing on the pegs. I'm sure you remember that from like bicycle riding. Like when you're going over bumps, you stand up and let the bike move below you. 
well, it's the same on a motorcycle, you know, and I do it in town on speed bumps and whatnot, but it's, you pretty much wind up standing a good amount of the time when you're off-road, you know, a smooth, you know, graded dirt road, not as much, but when you get into like whoops and rocks and, and that kind of stuff, you, you end up standing most of the time. A, you have more control over the bike once you learn how to do it. And B, you don't have that constant hammering of the motorcycle moving underneath you. It just kind of, your knees absorb most of it and the bike just moves underneath you and it's not as punishing of a ride. So it was, uh, it was definitely fun. I, again, it was my first real foray off road with any kind of, any kind of dirt other than some sand in a parking lot. So I was, uh, pretty, pretty stoked on it and I'm excited to do it again. Um, I need to get some soft saddlebags for it to, do some soft luggage, I guess they call it. It's adventure bike stunt saddlebags. Um, just so I can bring out some tools and, you know, tire repair stuff. Just just for just in case. You know, I don't want to get stranded out there in the middle of nowhere. Because that wouldn't be fun. So, And also maybe find some people to go off-roading with. Because, you know, things like that are more fun in groups. And you also have the support system of other people being with you. So I, uh, I enjoyed it. Looking forward to doing some more. Might have to pick up some proper off-road boots now. Yeah. So. yeah. It's fun because it's only like 30 minutes from door to dirt. So it's really not not that bad. And there seems to be a few trails out there that I could have gone off the main trail as well to some other numbered routes, but I didn't want to venture too far without having, again, proper stuff with me. So I think it's just the beginning of a new, a new kind of deal. I haven't done it before. I've wanted to go off-roading since I've lived here on my own vehicle. I haven't bought a truck yet, so here we are. So anyway, yeah, that was uh that was my Saturday last week. Good times. Got the bike good and dirty. Cool. Um, a um, couple things I wanted to talk about this week. Okay. So you bought a new car in what, 2019? Yes. When you bought said new car. Mm-hmm. Did you have to provide the bank with a VIN number? Um, no, because I I didn't finance it through the bank. I financed it through VW Credit. So okay, they probably already had that stuff. So I've been like all these dealerships that are selling cars at a huge markup. This this kind of came to me today because I was talking to or listening to somebody talk about the. The new Nissan Z Nismo edition. And yes. it's like a $64,000 car, which is crazy yeah. because it's a $20,000 markup on the standard Z, which is insane. More than 20K, actually, I think. Is it now, is that the actual package or is that the dealer adjusted? No, the actual package gets it to $64,000. Yeah. The dealer remember markup, reading about it. The dealer market for this car was an additional eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. Exactly. So. One hundred and twenty thousand dollars. What? Yeah. One hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, What? No. That's. Yeah. Yes. That's what they're asking for. It. Like it. I remember reading about this car. It's only got a few things different. Yeah. It's insane. It's got a. It's it's got a couple trick parts. Yeah, it's but insane like, that Nissan's charging that much more for it based on like the minor differences it has. So, but now this dealership wants, you know, 
they had some whole spiel about how it's a premium high demand car and yada yada yada. But no, it's not. Sure. They they want you to think it is. Listen, all it takes is one rich guy to see that and be like, I'll buy it. So. I mean, I haven't seen many around, but I think we talked about that. They're having a problem with the paint. They're having a problem with the paint and then some other issues with distribution. And it's been a whole thing. I've seen two now. So. Uh, there's a yellow one running around here, which I did not see, but Naomi saw it and asked me what it was, whose license plate is Z Proto Z. Um, it's uh, obviously right. the yellow. I got you off track here. What were you, yeah. you were talking about with the, the bank and the price of the anyway, car? And... So with the bank and the price of the car and all that stuff, uh, I'd been wondering for a while about how people are buying these cars that have dealer markups. Yes. Because oh. forever, it's always been like you go to the car dealership, you look at the car you want, you mm-hmm. get the VIN number, you do all the paperwork with your bank, and they give you the money that that car costs. And they won't give you 20 grand more than the car costs, right? No, because they, they also have a... Grand. Sure. Yeah, they also have NADA books. So um, it all kind of came to my mind, and I was talking to Naomi about it again, because we recently purchased a new car. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about the Maverick on here for sure. Um, and she's like, no. They never requested a VIN number from me because we didn't finance through Ford. She financed through her own her own credit union. And I was like, well, how did that work? She goes, I told them I wanted to buy a car. And just like buying a house, they came back and they said, all right, you're approved for $75,000. Go buy a car. That feels new. Yeah. And she was like, well, okay, well, I don't need that much money. And they're like, well, the only rules are it has to be, you know, within this many years, like two years old or under this many miles or, or whatever, but 75 grand's your number. So it's just like buying a house. Like you get approved for an amount and then you go buy the house, in this case, a car. Like it seems dangerous. It seems like we just got out of this whole thing with predatory car loans and we're already deciding a new way to get into new ones because that means dealers can do whatever they want. That means if you know, Joe dumb consumer comes into a dealership and their bank has said, yeah, Joe dumb consumer, you have $52,000 to buy a car. Jerky dealership can be like, all right, Joe, well, this car here is 52 grand, even though it's 35 and, you know, consumer beware, obviously he should know better, but Joe dumb consumer doesn't. He's just like, oh yeah, all right. I approve for this much money. Here's my car. So, that seems weird to me, and I guess, but also, I don't know if you can't figure that out. Then I don't listen. Know. <laughs> I'm not going to go. I'm not. I'm not going to get into the morality or the uh, intelligence. I, yeah, I of the buyer and seller, but the issue here is that it, that it can happen, and that banks are allowing you to buy a car based on nothing more than year of the car, mileage of the car, and your approval for your credit. So that must people... be how cars are being bought now. Like you see these Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? The Corolla, the GR Corolla that they want yeah. 30 grand over sticker on because banks are banks have changed the way they're doing it. So this whole time I've been mad at dealerships for overcharging customers for cars or pricing people like us out of the car market. Maybe they're in cahoots with the banks. Maybe there's some weird thing going on here. I don't know, even know what the deal is, but it just kind of struck me as odd. Well, I, I don't know. I always tell people um, 
there's nothing that says you have to buy that car at that dealer. If it's no, a new of course car. not. It's a, if it's a brand new car, like you can just walk away. It doesn't like, and oftentimes if you're like, no, nah, it's too expensive. You walk away. Then they're like, uh, then they'll like try to make a deal with you. So sure. I don't know. I, I think I might need to do a little more digging into it to, to find out for sure. But and maybe that's a her credit union. But I mean, it feels like that feels like it's the thing now. So I don't know. I remember when I bought my Civic because that was used and I told her how much they were charging me because they're giving me like employee rate at my credit union. She was like, oh, that's uh, that's under book value. That's pretty good. And they were <laughs> like they were fine with that. Right. Of course. <laughs> they always want to owe less. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. The the thing to like I I bought my car in 2019 and I bought through the dealership financing so I don't know what the deal was there either but it just see it just it just struck me as odd and I guess I need to do a little more digging into it but well that's the other thing too because uh I can't imagine if you were financing through Ford Credit they would want you to pay a dealer markup well you wouldn't if you're financing through the yeah I guess you're right because they. Ford's pretty mad about dealer markups. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this is through her credit union. This is how they did it. They said you're approved for seventy something thousand dollars. And we were like, whoa, whoa no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need a seventy thousand dollar car. We're buying a twenty eight thousand dollar car. We're only financing part of it. So I will tell you that I got an email that said the dealership I bought my car from wanted to buy it back for like twenty grand. Oh, they gave you an actual offer? Because they always give those emails out, but they don't actually give you an offer. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be pretty good now, actually. Get 20 grand back out of that car after three years and 30,000 miles. Yeah. It's already paid 23 for it. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> but at the same time, but what do you replace I it can't with? replace it with anything. So, yeah. I kind of just want to keep that car forever. Because like I yeah. said, that'll probably be the last gas manual transmission car I'll be able to buy. New anyway, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. New, yeah. You know, who knows? You know, there's... there's I, I've talked about it before. The, the All this tech is all new right now, right? And, you know, electric is the buzzword at the moment, but maybe hybrid's going to be the way to go, and hybrid manual cars are starting to become a thing. So... Yeah, Toyota had a test car. Yep. It was a Lexus. It was in Japan. They are testing with a manual transmission. So, I mean, you can still do a hybrid with the manual because you're still operating through a gearbox, right? So, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not I'm not ready to I'm not ready to put the nail in the coffin yet. I think we're gonna. Be I suppose okay. I'd buy like a BRZ or a GR86. Yeah, for sure. I, I just I think that, and I, I probably said this before. Any year that a new car is sold with a gas engine is at least another 25 to 30 years of us having gasoline available to the public, I would think. So it might be less of them are sold with gas, but I think that until the last gasoline-powered car is sold, we have a solid quarter of a century of fuel availability, right? That seems to be... They'll just be like horses. It doesn't... Doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll find a way. By, t- by by the time there aren't any more fuel pumps, there'll be a way to make your own fuel at home. There'll be, there'll be something, and 
I don't feel like we'll ever, I don't think in our lifetime anyway, and we've probably talked about this ad nauseum over the years, but I don't think in our lifetime we're ever gonna, not going to be able to get fuel. So, and every year we talk about it, it's one year less I got to worry about it. So, that's just the way it feels. And like I said, I, I, I think a solid number is probably every year a new gas car is sold is probably a solid 25 years of fuel availability. So, sure. Just kind of a stab in the dark, right? They're still mm-hmm. get car companies are still spending time and energy on developing gasoline engines. So, in fact, you know, if you want to run into new car news real fast, it was just released that Dodge is not going to go full electric on the Charger Challenger replacement, like they said they were going to. So, they're doing gasoline powered Chargers and Challengers for the next gen. So. That was a big, like, everybody's like, oh, the car is dead. Uh, supposedly, yeah, it's going to be a six-cylinder twin turbo. So there's oh. still probably going to be a thousand horsepower. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's going to be the uh, Chrysler Hurricane inline six, um, which is a neat callback to old Jeep marketing because Jeep used to have the Hurricane six. So maybe Jeep's the Hurricane four. I'd have to research that. They had an engine called a Hurricane in the past, though. But yeah, it'll be a twin turbo inline six. So it'll be... An American 2J, right? Yeah. So, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I don't. I can't wait to have all the pops and bangs tunes in yeah, 2025. Well, it doesn't matter what configuration the engine is. That's going to be the thing. And you know what? Maybe by 2025, 2026, that will be passe. I feel like that's a trend. I, that's I can only hope. Yeah, I can only. You hope. can only hope. I don't know. Like, how... I haven't seen it as bad in the Northeast as it is out here. So, it's every Mark V Super owner. Thankfully, there aren't many of them. Which is twin turbo V6, yep. which then trickles over to BMWs. See, out here, it's every BMW, and it's from like a 2003 BMW through a current one. Yeah, and I I drive every True. day for work all over town, about 100 miles a day, and I see and hear plenty of them. So. It's like frustrating in traffic when you're in like not a great neighborhood and all of a sudden you start hearing gunshots behind you. And it's not. It's just a BMW. <laughs> um, Whatever. Yeah. Speaking of like last mile transportation, did you see the uh, Moto Compacto launch? I did. I did. I saw some reviews for it that are pretty positive too. So yeah. It's like a neat little scooter. So. And then uh, somebody linked a place that was selling them for like $100 under msrp okay <laughs> so i pre-ordered one so what's msrp uh it's like 9.95 oh so they're not expensive no they're on par with my scooter my current scooter brand okay, new so you, so you use it for legitimate last mile transportation because you commute in with your wife and then she parks in her work parking lot and you commute another couple miles to work right yeah uh, so I actually looked it up again. They've lowered the price, the MSRP on my scooter. And maybe that's because this Honda came out. It was originally, uh, a nine bot G30 max, which is what I have was like eight ninety nine. I bought mine used off a friend. Uh, and it was like, only had like 10 miles on it. Uh, and I've done like some mods to it. So it's easily worth you know, 500 bucks as it sits. Yeah. Which is selling more than half of your new. Yeah. So I'll just sell it. (laughs) 
Well, the Moto Compo um, looks cool because it has the suitcase design of the old Moto Compo. Yeah, and it's like actually folds down better than the scooter. Would take up less space. What uh, uh, what does it have for range and and mile per hour? It'll do fifteen miles an hour, as opposed to my scooter does nineteen. Uh, and supposedly the range is twelve miles on the Moto Compacto. Okay. Uh, mine, the G thirty Max, is supposed to be forty miles, but like I think that's very generous. That's like not at max speed. You basically run it in sport mode all the time. Otherwise, it does like ten miles an hour. It's like too slow. Right. So, um, you know that that's what extends the range because I I can ride it back and forth to work a couple days in a row. It'll be at like fifty percent charge, which is like only like a mile and a half, which is not. So the range is not that much. They're really good for last mile. Yep. Yeah, forty miles. Um, you're doing. Mile Forty miles half. is optimistic. Yeah, if you're running half of it in four or three miles, then yeah, that's uh... yeah, it's um, and you know, temperature really determines it too. Sure, because there's no heating or cooling of the battery. Sure, and the um, other cool thing about the Moto Compo is that big flat side. There's a bunch of different people who are already designing like livery stickers for them. Yeah, which is really neat. So I was reading about that. Their design inspiration was people's laptops because you put stickers all over them. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and then the funniest comment I saw on the Honda or somebody's YouTube review of it was like, oh, finally, I can ride a SIM card around campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's neat. But, I guess that it's just a pretty standard looking scooter underneath that plastic cover. But I mean, it's a Honda. It's cool. That's the thing. I'm like, well, it's made by Honda. Uh, it's warranty by Honda for a year. You'd have it serviced at like a Honda dealer, which is weird. That is bizarre. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, They'll have to have I like one that tech you... who will do it because not everybody tech's going to get trained in that stupid little thing. No. I. Uh, it's funny. They make seats to sit down on like my Max. And I'm like, that looks stupid. But then like this thing, now you sit down on it. But after I launched myself off of it the other week, I'm like, oh, maybe it makes more sense to be sitting down like a bicycle where your weight's in the back. Well, I think the only issue with sitting down is you become a smaller visual it looks, thing for traffic. It looks no more worse than uh, somebody riding a collapsible bike. Okay. Uh, and then... Well, I look the forward to thing... seeing you ride it and um, harassing you for how it looks, so... Uh, well, you're going to probably come here and visit and ride it and love it. So I am. And you can make fun of me for how I like riding it. That's beside the point. (laughs) Um, and the other thing it's got, it's front wheel drive and has a mechanical rear brake. Of course it's front wheel drive. It's a Honda. Whereas the scooter I have now is rear wheel drive and has a mechanical front brake. So that's the problem with them is when you grab them too hard, I wasn't leaned back enough and you're standing upright and especially, you know, I'm a 250 pound man. It was just like, whoop, just levered me right off of it. Right. I've done that on a motorcycle before. So I imagine yeah. it's uh, not thankfully levered off of it, but grabbed too much front brake and pulled the back up in the air. So I, I know the feeling you're talking about. So it's not. Yeah. It's not and I still don't understand how I jumped off of it at like 15 miles an hour and like ran. Because you were no longer doing 15 miles an hour. It's like I must have looked like enough. a. Well, I, I definitely slowed down from like 20 to maybe like 15. I must have looked like an anime character, like doing some stupid run. 
<laughs> yeah, people, people were like, that's insane Bolt over there, not Usain Bolt. What's he doing? Yeah. Um, no, that's cool. So, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I mean, it's kind of neat to be like at the forefront of the new tech. Hopefully this dealership, quote unquote, is legit because you get a service at a Honda dealer, but you buy it from like some Chinese website. That's weird. No, another like an online like Honda parts dealer. Okay. It seemed very legit. Like there were the whole thing was like, it didn't seem like uh, some... poorly translated. It was like made sense some african prints and they're going i've got this eight hundred dollars yeah. now <laughs> so they it's like you they also like register it there's also almost it's like a it's not quite a vin but there's actually a number for it like it's registered your address okay it's weird website wasn't han dot uh dot com right no cool. all right we're good no <laughs> so, so yeah I'll, I'll i'll try it out and it's yeah. only like 30 inches like it's the size of a suitcase it's so weird yeah my, my guess is that they're going to be pretty hot anyway so if you say you don't like it it probably won't be hard to move from it no so i mean and, if um, the original moto compo was any indication like those things are absolute garbage little motorcycles and they sell for five thousand dollars so yeah and it seems like honda's probably gonna start putting these like in their evs as like an option more than likely that's the theory um but no, it seems pretty cool, and I'll, you know, I can, uh, if my my work is like changing locations just slightly in the city, <clears throat> I might end up actually a little bit closer to the commuter rail, and using that instead, so it'd be easier to walk on with this suitcase thing than a sure. scooter. Sure, scooter. Yeah. Well, I look forward to uh, talking to somebody in our listener base and having them design an auto topic livery for it for you. So. Uh, I mean. It's square, so literally, if I just blew up our square decal, yeah, it's not. It's gonna be a full livery though. It's a vehicle. It needs something. So, anyway, very cool. I'm uh, I'm I'm stoked to try it out. So, it's probably gonna wind up accelerating faster than my Himalayan. So, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I bought a new helmet too because I I was like, ah, I had this little, like cheapo helmet I was wearing. Do you get a full motorcycle helmet a... now? No, no, it's a bike helmet, but it does have um, the MIPS thing you were talking about. Yep. Yeah. So it must be a bell. It's not a bell. Oh, okay. It's a weird. It's a weird name, but it's they have a good good reviews. So now Bell, I think Bell was one of the ones that pioneered the technology. It was for a little yeah. while exclusively theirs. Uh, it's not anymore. So just that's the most common bike helmet you see usually with that MIPS. In it's. It. It's got more of a retro style to it. It's not okay. like a, it looks like a scooter helmet, but yeah, it's most, a bike for a bike. I know that our, our bicycle helmets have MIPS and my motorcycle helmet has MIPS and looking into the technology, I don't know why I wouldn't buy something with a MIPS in it now, basically. Like, yeah. I mean, as nerdy as helmet talk is like, it's the most important thing as far as safety gear goes. So I'll, I want the best I can get. As far as safety goes, not necessarily like the best, lightest, most aerodynamic, most expensive, but like the best safety wise. So, yeah. But anyway. Oh, speaking of race cars, did you watch NASCAR? Speaking of race cars, speaking of helmets, did you watch NASCAR? Did watch NASCAR. One. So we've only got one race left. This is the second to last race, right? Yeah. Martinsville, right? Was this race? Yep. And the track is older than NASCAR, which is cool. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, NASCAR is in its 75th year, and this track has been around longer than that. So it's been hmm. there since it's been part of NASCAR since the very beginning. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, and it's probably one of the most fun tracks to watch. Um, it's a short track and the cars are too wide is really all you can really pull off. There was a couple of moments of three wide that were sketchy at best. Um, nothing that caused any issues, but it certainly could have. Um, it's a great, it's a great track to watch. They run it twice a year. Um, I don't, it's one of my favorite tracks to watch. I, I don't, I don't ever miss this race because it's good. It's a good one to watch. It's, it's a lot of competition, a lot of, a lot of back and forth. I think that um, Blaney and Hamlin exchanged the lead like 40 times during this race. They kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth each lap. It was pretty, pretty wild. Um, spoiler alert. Pause there to allow you to change the channel. Um, Blaney won the race. Yeah. Um, for a while, it looked like for sure that it was Hamlin's race to lose because uh, he was in front for most of the time. But uh, he did not win the race. He finished third, which wildly enough was not enough to get him no. into the final four in the playoffs, which no, is super he had to frustrating. Win. Yeah, he was, it was either win or have um the 24 car um byron byron had to either finish below worse 20th, than 18th yeah so eight, 19th or 20th and hamlin had to either finish in if if he finished worse than 20th hamlin had to finish like in third or fourth and he could have done it but because he finished in i think 15th or 16th and hamlin finished third hamlin lost out for the final four for the second year in a row. Because if you remember last year, he got bumped at the same last race because it's where Ross Chastain did his wall ride. Yes. And he passed Hamlin in order to make it into the final four race at Phoenix. And so it really sucks to be Hamlin two years in a row and losing out, making it all the way to the final eight and then losing out of the final four. So watching uh, Hamlin and Blaney work their way through the field multiple times was really was really cool. Yep. They had the fastest cars of the day, unquestionably. Yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a pretty clean race, honestly, for Martin's or I think there were like six or seven cautions. Yeah. It wasn't a lot. And there was nothing major. There was one, you know, multi-car wreck, but everything was pretty, pretty innocuous. And it was not a huge, not a big mess. Usually it's a big mess, but there was a lot of really good racing. And, you know, I'd say the best racing of the whole evening was the beginning of the third stage. Like the first third of the third stage was just, I mean, it was anybody's race. It was absolute chaos. They started the stage. A lot of cars didn't pit. So a bunch of slower cars were up front. And that's one of the times that Blaney and Hamlin were kind of working their way through the pack. I mean, at one point there was a restart. In the stage, I think it was stage three, where Blaney and Hamlin were one two, and Blaney was in front of Hamlin, and they were just bumping and grinding and bumping, and Hamlin came up behind Blaney and he got him loose, and Blaney's car like pitched left right, left right, left right down the straightaway, like 
four times each direction. Like no car ever gets saved in this situation, but somehow he didn't wreck it. And uh, it was just super exciting to watch. And it's cool that Blaney won because that makes him the, you know, one of the final four. So it's going to be Blaney, Larson, two other drivers, (laughs) Byron, Mm -hmm. and one more. I don't remember who else is in there, but it should be a good Phoenix race. I mean, Phoenix is usually a pretty good race. It's wild to watch because it's the track limits are non-existent. So any lane works. It's like 12 lane racetrack pretty much. So it's a, it'll be fun next week. I'll, uh, I got to try to stay, stay out of my phone and the uh, internet on Sunday. Cause I won't be around to watch it, unfortunately, but I'll have to watch it on record later on. So hopefully that'll get spoiled. Um, yeah, there was several uh or at least at least one, there was like a hundred mile stretch of green green laps. Yeah, hundred and thirty. Which was like crazy. Yep, especially for Martinsville, because it's such a such a violent race usually. <laughs> yeah, like they were talking about like they weren't expecting it like okay, now we gotta consider fuel and also yep. Uh, we don't know how these rear tires are doing. So, yeah, it's only a half mile track, so it's not a very long track. So it's usually pretty rough on tires. But I guess Goodyear brought a brand new tire to this event, and they had some guys that were running like 80, 80, 80 85 laps on a set of tires, which is pretty unheard of for NASCAR tires. I mean, there's one point where everybody's least favorite driver, Kyle Larson picked up 14 spots in the pits because I he, saw that. I was like, Oh my gosh. Well, he took on no tires. Everybody else took on at oh. least two. Okay. He, That's he how just, he did it. He did a splash and go. and went back out there with like 60 laps in his tires and didn't lose any positions. That just shows how good these tires are and how good, unfortunately Larson is. So wild to see the tires last that long. And to the point where the car can still be competitive, you know, especially in a short track where you're coming out of these tight turns and trying to put the power down so hard. And, you know, they're talking about the the gearing on these cars is also ultra super, super low. So they have tons of torque down low too, as they spin tires really easily. I mean, they were talking about... Um, yeah, the uh, curved uh, exit on pit road. Yeah, the number you 19 Easily easily like speed right there because it yep. turns. Because they, they do... So they don't do like a radar gun as far as your speed. They do between two lines. So like... Yeah. like distance from line to line. So if you're on the inside of the turn, you have to go slower than if you're on the outside of the turn because you'll cross the two lines faster. And that uh, pulled out uh, the 19 car got a speeding penalty for that. So yeah. What Truex? Yeah. Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was a, and he was a chase driver, so he didn't unfortunately make it either, but crazy to see. But anyways, it's a great race. It's worth at least watching the, 20 minute uh, race recap that NASCAR puts on YouTube if he has some time to sit down and watch it. So good time. But yeah, one more race this season and then uh, a full two months off. Yeah. It's a very short off season for NASCAR. Comes back in February. It is very short. So I wish it was a little bit longer for my viewing needs, but it is what it is. So anyway, yeah, good, good racing. So uh, anything else, Andrew? I don't have much else now. Well, we got a couple of things coming up. Um, the weekend of the 11th is Radwood, LA. At least I will be there. 
I was trying to decide whether to go there or Dino's Get Down, the big Chevy truck show here in town, but the Chevy truck show and Chevy muscle car show is that same weekend. But the following weekend is Good Guys here in town, which is a decidedly muscle car hot rod show. So I'll be around for that. So I'll go to Radwood in LA and then be here for the following weekend for the Good Guys event, which I've never been to a Good Guys event. Um, definitely a older crowd, but they've opened it up to pre-1995 or 1997 or some random year. Uh, Pre-some year in the 90s import cars. So that's a huge thing for those guys to do. So maybe I'll go crash that with the Cressida or something. But I'll definitely be going to that as well. So two big events coming up. Yeah. Anything in New England or is it pretty much over? Oh, no, it's over. Okay. No snow yet, though, right? Not yet. Okay. Well, northern New England. But I mean, there's a gravel trial on uh, this weekend uh but i'm not able to go so there's like you know racing stuff throughout the year as far as like rally cross and gravel trials but not much else so that's at team o'neill right mm-hmm. excellent all right well if that's the case then andrew i think that is an episode it is an episode so as always follow us on off topic podcast on facebook on off topic on Instagram, off topic on threads if you feel like it, which feels like it's kind of starting to pop off. Took a little while. Um, Seems to be. I, I am racing anger on Instagram and threads, and that's about it. Oh, and our Discord. Come join our Discord. It's fun over there. Yeah, it's very fun. I Before started I a. All of my day. Yeah. No, I'm always working hard all day long. Yes, to my um, boss, I'm always working. To all you people else, I'm always on Discord. I started a... Um, so EA Sports released WRC, which replaces Dirt Rally 2.0. Uh, I started a club for that. I didn't. I don't have any events yet, but we'll, I'll start up an event for the winter, and we'll do, a, we'll do a few of those. It does have Group A cars, which is cool. There's a lot of VR4s in it. Very cool. Very um, cool. I have to pick up that N4s now, so... Yeah, it plays pretty well. I forgot to talk about it, but we can talk about it next time because i got to play it some more. So yeah, definitely come hang out the Discord. We have all these channels for that. Uh, Brad, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. They can find me also on threads sometimes. Um, I don't even know what my username is there. Is it the same as Instagram? I think it is, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. So yes, also on Instagram. And that's uh, pretty much it. What about Scale Autocast? Also Scale Autocast. I haven't posted there, Andrew, in like three weeks. And I'm a giant, feel like a giant jerk about it. Yeah, I got some stuff, new stuff came in. So yep. I need it on there. But anyway, I don't have any new high-end stuff, but I got some new Hot Wheels stuff to put up there. Yep. All right, cool. As always, keep your cars analog and aim for the roses. Mm-hmm.